As a, oh, they can hear us. But not me. Hey, wait. <laughs> People can't talk. Nice. Hello. Welcome to Indiepocalypse Radio. This is how you introduce the show. I am your host, Andrew. It did not save my Yeti settings across all the different scenes. And the last scene I used this in was my pledge drive scene. It's me. I'm back after a long hiatus of two week. One, I would say one week, maybe one and a half, if you don't count the pledge drive as a technical episode of Indiepocalypse Radio, your number one source for the unmarketable in video games and tabletop. I suppose the tabletop games are a tad more marketable. I feel like that's a, a more indie supportive space, perhaps, in that there are maybe multiple places you can sell them instead of just the one. But who knows? Um, I'm here. I'm having a good time. I've got two great guests for you. One brand new, one returning Speaking of our brand new guest, you oh wait, speaking of me remembering to do things, it's me saying telling everybody that the show is now live. I remembered this time. Yes, I always want to tell everyone cuz it's my damn Discord and I can do that. Um anyhow, welcome. You may remember you may know our first guest from uh, issue 19 of Indie Park with with non-Lugo Motiva, it is Illude Illude. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, an honor, and I'm kind of excited. It's my first time doing something like that, and thank you very much. Oh, thank you for being here. I've remembered to hit record. I've remembered to do everything. I am firing on all cylinders today. I one month out of the, the the radio host seat, but I'm back in and ready to go. How are you? I asked how you're doing. But um, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing well here in in Italy, and um, all over the world. See, this I, is this is why I like doing this 2 p.m. my time time slot because we get people from everywhere. Yeah, from everywhere in the world. I I've seen the the map you have on the website uh, of Indiepocalypse, and it's. Uh, really from come people from all over the world and it's something wonderful that happens not every day i suppose and it's something wonderful thank I, you for this oh no listen this is this doesn't exist without the people who submit the games which is to get to the most important the indie apocalypse number one question that all the people are asking for which is how did you hear about indie apocalypse okay i'm First heard about uh, in the apocalypse. Uh, let me remember. Uh, I think that was from one of my friends, uh, uh, geek of video games, uh, of uh, tabletop games, that showed me your your work, and from uh, the uh, section gems, the um, the part of gems on uh, iChio, and I discovered it from these sources, I suppose. And then I decided to try and propose a game of mine. Yes. <laughs> An old game of mine, to be honest. That is uh, the game that is in, uh, in the Apocalypse number 19, as you said, and it's called uh, Non Luogo Motiva. And if you want, I can explain the title of the game. It's a bit strange because it... <laughs> Give you a rundown okay. of the title of the game. I said, yes, let me know. What is what is okay, what is the meaning uh, of it? Okay, it's uh, just as an introduction. It's a tabletop RPG, and 
that you can play with another person is for two people playing players. And um, the title comes from uh, different words associated together and fused. Like, uh, non luogo is, uh, what, mm, is a known place, uh, a place that mm, exists but it's not really uh, lived by people, it's just uh, uh, traversed, just, mm, people just pass by when they go in the place. Okay, like it's uh, uh, there was some studies about known places like um, uh, malls, for example, yeah. are an example of known places. And uh, non luogo motiva, locomotiva is uh, locomotive in Italian. Uh, so it talks about uh, ghost trains <laughs> to be. <Yes. laughs> yeah, it talks about ghost trains and uh, their passengers. So this is the, um, the meaning of the title and the, the themes that it carries. Uh. Oh, perfect. So that's, that's it. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a double. I, I, there's, I'm sure there's a word for the that type of word, but I don't know that word. That is a word for multiple words smashed together and kind of. Yes, wordplay. Word uh, it is. Yes, I, I know it in Italian, but not in English, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it is a. a yeah, I know. I know what you're saying, but uh, Italian is crazy, but <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're close-ish. We all have, we all share a similar Italian shares a similar kind of like Latin roots, right? Obviously, yeah, there are yeah. some words that are. Um, uh, I think it's crazy, 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 uh, Looking uh, up right now, and it was just a, uh, also synergies. <laughs> If you're interested in crisis or synergies. <laughs> okay. Yes, I will. Okay, I don't know. We have it. Perfect. We don't. I don't know if there's an English version of that, but I get what you're saying. It's the fusion of more words <laughs> to create. More okay. So the, that's the the meaning of the title, and the game is essentially about about this. Uh, it's about being the passengers of uh, an imaginary ghost train. And a train that changes every time that you play it. So it's a replayable game. If you want, we can just analyze this aspect of replayable game. Yeah. I don't know what you want to. <laughs> well, I, let's let's talk about um, table. So tabletop design. Now you do. I see you do a bit of tabletop, a bit of not tabletop. So tell me about the the Ouya. <laughs> Okay, about the Ouya. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the Ouya. As so, <laughs> one, of the, one of the few people I've seen who has the word Ouya mentioned on their itch page. Yeah, um, I have some games on my itch page that it, that are made exclusively for Ouya. Oh, you got that ex <laughs> wow. that exclusivity deal? <laughs> are they are they yeah. still available to the to these in this modern non Ouya world? I'm making a lot of money out of it. <laughs> Is it amazing? Yes. Yeah, my Uya games um, as um as an experiment, as many of my games, because I'm I always say that I'm an amateur and I'm not an expert, and I try yeah. to do what I like to and to share with people. And the Uya games, uh, I made some of them starting with. Uh, uh, Bitsiya, <laughs> that was an experiment of uh, uh, making a um, Bitsy game. I love Bitsy, I love uh, yeah. 
the software and the, um, the culture that created around it. It's five and years old in a month. Bitsy it's, is. It's, it's approaching its five-year birthday. Really? Yeah. That's some stuff. <laughs> well, my, my compliments to that. It's a great software really, that changed the, the way we, we make and play games. Probably we'll see it in some time, but it really changed the way we we make games and yes. uh, made, making games accessible to more people and more uh, uh, and more users. So it's something wonderful. And Bitsy was the experiment of um, porting a Bitsy game on uh, a dead console. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no more functioning console uh, because I'm also interested in uh, video game archaeology and uh, video game preservation. So uh, that was a kind of a on-field experiment uh, and a way to uh, express that curiosity for um, digital words uh, that are dying in a game. So they this, these two games, Bitsiya and the other one that is uh, Lose Time Though, <laughs> um, were made out of these ideas, making games for something that people do not use anymore. And as many of my games and experiments, they are something I made mainly for myself and then wanted to share them to tell someone who knows who yeah. <laughs> something about myself. That's a little bit of, my, yeah. of, of me. I think I think the Ouya was not listen. Now that we're so far past its life, its life, it's long buried. I think there is still like there's an idea in there. I think they just had like yeah. the wrong. I think there is an idea for we need to make game consoles just be like DVD players, you know, where it's like the end of exclusivity and also it plays all the old stuff. So. There's no, no... It was the idea of making a place for um, uh, particular games, uh, for different games that uh, couldn't be anywhere else because of uh, because of culture primarily. I yeah. think. And so it it was a good and great idea, and uh, it don't, doesn't matter how it went. I think, and. Uh, I found uh, fascinating the the aura that the Uya still uh, have. <laughs> well, you can still the, buy plenty of Uyas. Not for, they're not very expensive. Yeah, it's not, and now there is a project. Uh, there are some people, some developers, who are working on a Uya revival project, and uh, they are um, making new games. And one of them was made during uh, one of my games, uh, Lose Time Though, was made during um, um, Gem about uh, reviving Uya, so uh, bringing new games to Uya. And uh, I think that it's a kind of interesting approach and. Well, I, I dig it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's still a lot, there's a lot of people still making games for old consoles, which I think. Yeah, Dreamcast. Yes, yes, even more. I think we've had the Zine. I say we, as if it's a, as if it's more than me. 
sometimes. And I think we is how you like really like, you know, trick people into connecting with you because they're like, we, they're referring to me too. I'm part of that we. Anyway, um, it's had Game Boy games and a, a ZX game. Yeah, Game Boy games are having a new life thanks to software. What is it called? The GB Studio, right? Yeah, it's very specific right now. It's like, do you want to make a Pokemon like, or not even Pokemon like, yeah. but like an adventure game, basically? But then you should be able to uh, make something like Beatsy Games. That's yeah. because I think it's doable. Yeah, exactly. Listen, bits. I'm waiting. One of these, I'm waiting for Bitsy's like kind of. When's when's the first Bitsy game on Switch? You know. Uh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> People. It's a game modern consoles. <laughs> would be something yeah. incredible, and it's not impossible. I think because it, right. it's HTML. I bring it very much. I think. There's like if your console can't play it, like you're you're screwing up to some point because I think like it's the problem is, and I'm sure you're all too. It's 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 expectations of what a game has to be, you know, especially in terms of like length. That I think is holding a lot of this stuff back. We are still trapped in these uh, ideas of games as something that as to last uh, for 40, 50, 60, 100 hours. And Infinite hours. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that's the real value of a game. And yeah. <laughs> then not to mm, talk about games uh, mm, as value. Uh, yeah. They are experiences to me. They are mm, stories told by people. So I uh, want to leave them like that. Not right. like uh, something that should return me a value in terms of uh, time uh, I spent uh, and stuff like that. You're right. You're like you're an activity that must last you a long time for some reason. Because imagine if all other art was given that that kind of focus. It's like I have good thing this album's nine hours long. And now it's a real album. But... You. <laughs> If you make something that lasts uh, even two minutes, but those two minutes tell me something, I'm happy with it. And yeah, I'm happy to give you even more money <laughs> something I could stay on for 60 hours, but feel nothing. And that's and let me my tell you something. That two minutes is often infinitely more replayable than that 60 hours. So Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like to, a song. Yeah. It's so much easier. To, I mean, our Bitsy is arguably, I think of it, like a song because of the way it auto loops on itself. Yeah, can... but the video game scene is discovering this um, affinity. We can say affinity with uh, with music, with the music scene. Uh, yeah. If you think about it, there is a um, nice game that was called. Um, uh, some games were made um, with a concept of EP, uh, for example. Yeah, so... I had that very idea before Indie Apocalypse of making my own games like that. Well, that's wonderful. In the well, apocalypse could be a sort of <laughs> a collection, a musical collection. Yeah, like I, I, my idea was probably similar to where, where I would take my mechanics or the ideas of the game and I would make a very short version of it. That is like, here's the idea of it. Kind of like yeah. shareware was. 
that's wonderful. It seems something like a modern pirate cart or something like that. But the trick was, but then you still had to make the whole, you know, real game after that, which I still didn't want to do. <laughs> I think I just wanted to make the EPs. But there's one still... of my, I had one idea that I'm slowly abandoning. I, I don't know. I would like to make some games like that. And take music, take uh, songs from authors I like, uh, probably niche authors or comunque, um, uh, authors that are not so well known in in general, and uh, make games about those songs and like a video clip, but a video game clip. Yeah. That's one of my dreams. <laughs> Well, the, I found the secret to completing dreams is to just keep saying that until people ask you about it, and then you feel guilty that you never did it, and then eventually you just do it because you want people to stop asking you about it and it have not being done. Oh, that's my life. That's how I do everything is I just keep, whenever I want to do something, I just tell people I want to do it, and then I feel like I'm accountable for it then once I've started telling people. It's not my life. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, because then it's like, oh, how'd that thing come? You're like, uh, well, you know, I didn't, you know, still working on it. And then eventually, like, I guess I should work on it. Yeah, I have a game right now that I'm working on. And, uh, we are working on, to be honest. <laughs> I'm working with other dear people. And I'm stuck in this endless loop where I have the ideas, I have the base, I have... Realized almost everything, but I don't. Uh, I don't want to end because it's the uh, hiring part where you have to repeat the same task uh, over yeah. and over to finish the game, and I have to finish that. But you know, I'm feeling like you described. <laughs> I'm yeah, doing that. Yeah. Games have a lot of grind that feels unrelated to like the artistic part of the game you want to do. Yeah. Exactly. And that can be tiring, can be annoying sometimes. It's also part of its its idea. It relates to the to how it works as a medium, probably. Yeah. I don't know if it's evitable or not. <laughs> no, it's strange. I think that's like part of you know talking about the strength of Bitsy is that. It takes a lot of the that work out of your hands, so people can just focus on making the game they want to make. Because they don't have to worry about I things think that, like. The strength point is that the fact that you can focus on making the game and telling what you're trying to tell. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, I'm so caught up. I really realized I was caught up on everything. Um, let me check real quick. Got to do the important question. No check. Okay. Um, but speaking of games that you would want to make that you would you would you would love to make that you would is what is something that you would want to make if trying how do I how do I want to how do I want, what what do I want to approach this question? Which is to say, if you had 
not infinite money. You know what? I don't want to ask that question. I hate that question. I'm, I'm backing up. I'm taking this question and throwing it away, shifting gears, asking instead. Um, how, sorry, I'm very hot right now. It got extreme. Out of nowhere, it just got extremely hot in this room. I didn't realize it was so hot still. I thought we were approaching fall. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, it's still hot here, too. And I'm like, oh, it was hard. So like, oh, I got pants on. It's a nice day. And I'm like, why am I wearing pants? What a what a mistake I made. Speaking of um, hot and summer and everything else, what is, <laughs> what is the um, plan? What would you prefer to do in the summer if <laughs> I don't know I've kind of I've lost the trail I've lost the track I've lost my train's gone wild <laughs> they're covering it speaking of ghost trains speaking speaking yeah, of exactly. speaking of ghost trains I found that life preserver out of um you make a lot of games in about ghosts on the ghost train or inadvertently about ghosts in terms of the Ouya. What's, what do you like about ghosts? I think the, I like the, the idea of ghosts. Maybe we are made of our ghosts. We can okay. say so. Uh, our past is like a ghost for, for us. I think that's something like that. I can see my past as a as a ghost, as my ghost, as me, yes. as a ghost. Now, important. So maybe it's, it's fascinating. This uh, I'm fascinated by the idea of ghost, uh, like something melancholic and nostalgic, maybe. Now, more importantly, whoa! Oh no, my <laughs> caller, turn down your radio, please. Um, but now the important question is. Yeah. Do you think there are ghosts in that? There are ghosts in how we think of ghosts in terms of spirits that kind of like hang around forever or unfinished business or whatever, however you perceive that concept of ghosts. I think uh, ghosts are probably our ideas. It's something like that. They are ideas. Oh, perfect. Um, ideas are not real if you think like that. Yeah. But uh, they are real because you interact with them. You yes. interact with your own ideas, with your um, thoughts. So they are real in a way. And virtual to me is uh, is real because it's there and you can interact with a virtual world. You can uh, feel something in that world and that resonates in you, in your outside world. So it's something, uh, it's not just virtual or... Uh, inexistent is something that it's really there and yeah it's uh, the the closest thing i can think about when i think about ghosts yeah well, perfect perfect thank you for being here our time has reached the, its, its end but we'll be back we'll be back later with you'll be back in like 20 minutes when we have our group chat but for now we're going to go to break and thank you again for being here Thank you very much for having me. See you later.
I'll see everyone else in the back half of 246. Hello and welcome back. That was the new pornographers with Jackie. I've removed, I've excised the small sheet I had from the space. I am revamped and ready to go. I recently got a water bottle that has a straw in it and it changed my whole worldview on everything. I used to have just a very tall one with no, with a wide mouth and no cap. And let me tell you, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't even feel like feeling this and moving it around. But now it's got a cap and it closes. And if I kick the straw down, it doesn't leak. And it's like living a new life in my best hydrated life. We are here with our next and returning, the aforementioned, like teased returning guest. From issue 12, which is actually holding here not very long ago, um, of Indiepocalypse with white dresses on branches. It is Eve McLaughlin. Eve, are you there? Hello. Oh, no. Eve left for a moment and has not returned, so it seems. So it is just me in the ether talking about, well, whatever I'll talk about. But as I learned with the pledge drive, it's very easy for me to fill eight hours of mindless talking oh no i've realized big mistake speaking of pledge drive i forgot to not archive this video or, or turn off my video archiving so i'm gonna have to like delete this or i'm gonna get dmca strikes oh no can i do that while i'm streaming can i say stop recording let's find out uh let's see unpublished yes i can do that what a Yes, I would like to unpublish that. Perfect. I would just like to do... Let me... How do I... I'm just going to delete this. Anyway, that's that's one way of killing... Now i got to figure out how I tell it to stop doing that. Stream latency. Store past broadcast. There we go. Now. Perfect. We're done. Saved. Recovered. DMCA cops dodged him. No copyright strikes for me. Pro tip, don't play music that people own. Pirate radio, do not record your pirate radio. Then it's not much of a pirate radio. Um, if you broadcast it and record it and then upload it, it, then it's just a regular radio that you don't own. But that said, I um, I watched Hellraiser last night, like one, two, and eight. And I think there's something interesting about like I sort of love horror movies and like FM FMV and horror FMV games and horror movies kind of occupy the same space in my brain where they're kind of. A lot of them are kind of bad, but I'm kind of fascinated by them in that in the way that you enjoy bad art. Wait, is Eve back? Eve, are you back? I heard I heard someone talking about horror and video games, and I was like, "Get in." Tell me, tell me about Eve. Have you seen Hellraiser? Clive Barker. No, I, I actually haven't. I'm actually woefully understudied in horror movies, even though I love them. I, um, 
I mostly am too. I have a friend who's very into them, and I've been watching them with them. Mm. I've always wanted to watch Hellway, so I think it looks amazing. It's it's a so I watched. You may not have heard. I watched the first one, the second one, and the eighth one. And <laughs> let me tell you something: that eighth Hellraiser really makes you like. I think this is probably true for a lot of long-standing horror franchises, where they kind of. They kind of lose a thread at some point. Mm. It's like like the telephone game, right? Every time you whisper it to another person, another little bit of the meaning gets lost. I feel like yeah. that's what movie sequels are. Like every time it goes, it gets a little bit further from the original. Yeah, and like they're like, oh, and you see, like even in like, listen, listen Hellraiser is not high art, you know. Yeah. But. Like, you can see, like, oh, there used to be intention here. Like, somebody was doing something. Yeah. And then, like, in that eighth movie, he's like, no, nobody's... They're just literally making a movie because <laughs> Saw came Someone out. paid them to. Yeah. yeah. I think it's post-Saw, and I was saying to my friends, like, it seems like every time a really popular franchise comes out, studios, like, scramble through their library. Like, what do we own that we can plug <laughs> yeah. in? Pinhead's kind of mm. like a jigsaw type, isn't he? <laughs> and, and and it's a real it's like, a real just there's a lot of disappointment in me for me. I like Hellraiser because it's one of those films where I know nothing about the plot whatsoever. Like, I don't even know what it's thematically about. It's like a haunted house just, movie. What? In my mind, I mean, I mean, I'm very literal minded, but I thought I was like, okay, there might be demons from hell. Yeah. And they're being oh. raised up. Their demons are some angels to others. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> but um, they're they're listen. The centipedes are cool. I really like their designs. They're real. They're real cool freaks. I'm into them. <laughs> There's one guy who's got little chattery teeth. He's called the Chatterer, and his his teeth are always chattering. But. <laughs> But in the eighth movie, they um, it's clear that they just had a rubber mask so his teeth couldn't shatter, so they did it. <laughs> and it's like, what's the point then? Also, we watched that one because I had the idea of doing a double feature. We watched the first one, then watched like the last, like the last one. Oh, that's but such a that, good idea. But that one also said like it was Hellraiser, Hell World. And it's like evil goes online and there was all green matrix stuff and it was about a video game, but it wasn't about a video game. Sounds kind of good. It's kind of bad, but like if you watch it with a friend, it might be kind of good. <laughs> I um, Speaking of video games and horror movies, have you seen Existence with David Cronenberg? Mm-hmm. That's really good. No, I've seen a lot of different... Di- I, like I've been surprisingly... like. I've surprisingly enjoyed David Cronenberg movies, I suppose. Like, mm. they have more going on than you think they do. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've only seen... What have I seen? I've seen... I've seen Existence and Videodrome. I think that's the only Cronenberg I've seen, but I really yeah. like both of them. I've never seen The Fly. I feel like maybe I saw The Fly when I was, like, 10. It was just, like, the... on TV. Oh, no. Okay. Maybe they maybe they toned it down, but that seems like a bad age to watch <laughs> The Fly. <laughs> I was like, so I, my parents never really cared what I read. And yeah. although I learned to read fairly late, I learned to like read age like six. And then I 
um, just immediately could read anything, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I read Carrie when I was 10. And, right. Yeah, and that kind of, because it's because I, because I, although I really liked it, I also really still like, like, children's, like, I was still, I've seen Diggy, like, Narnia and stuff. So I was reading, like, Narnia on one hand and Carrie on the other. And I feel like that kind of warped my brain a bit. I think that's how goths are born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I think books are weird because it's, like, hard to look at a book and see, like, is a parent going to read through a whole book and be like, oh, this is objectionable content? Yeah. The only book my parents were like, you don't read this, was We Need to Talk About Kevin. Okay. Um, uh, and they, but they just put it on a slightly higher shelf. I just climbed onto the sofa and got it. But <laughs> I was like, this is boring, I de- which I'm sure it's not. But 10-year-old me was like, this is so dull, nothing's happening. And I just gave up, like, yeah. six pages in. There's that yeah. there's that level of like once you go one step further to like not necessarily art house but kind of like where the themes are deeper and less surface level where it's like mm. it goes past the child he's like I don't get it yeah but yeah. like pouring blood on a lady I understand that <laughs> yeah like I think that's what's great about Stephen King isn't it like he writes he's so good at like spinning and like an approachable yarn yeah but like. The horror is quite, I think, is quite like deep and good. Like, I, I actually, I do like Stephen King. I feel like it's probably a bit uncool to like Stephen King in this day and age, but I do like Stephen King. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Like, I, I never know what is cool or not because sometimes it feels like it's swung around and liking popular things is actually the cool thing, because yeah, it's uncool to be cool, and then it's like impossible to keep track of, and I just don't know anymore. Yeah, the 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 cringe-based cycle is is like yes, a thousand RPM at the minute. It feels like yeah, it's like I thought I thought I was based because I liked obscure media. Now that means I'm cringe, <laughs> ah! and it's based yeah. to like children's cartoons now. But in three <laughs> in three weeks, it'll be cringe. Yeah, oh god. I guess it, I guess it all depends on like. The the latest Twitter main character and how awkward they what the last thing they, they were very cringe about was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you need to give that thing a wide berth for like the next three months. <laughs> it's it's so interesting. People seem to talk about like oh, it's like I mean this is so stupid and, and basic, but like people talk about like oh like children's media versus adult media, like wholesome media versus like horror media. It's like no one ever really talks about like good media versus bad media like, right some things are just good some <laughs> like, are, yes, no yeah. i i feel like a lot of people's problem with online and maybe twitter especially is like they're trying to find consensus among like three billion people or whatever and they're never <laughs> and they're never gonna find it it's like people have different taste yeah that. yeah there's <laughs> like... i listen i have friends and my friends and I have different tastes, and we don't, mm. like, scream at each other. Though, my least favorite thing in the world, and this is, such a, this is such a Twitter thing, and it's also, like, when I did my degree, it was such, like, a tutorial thing, yeah. in that, like, you'll you'll say, someone will be like, what's about the book? And I'll say what I thought about the book. So I'll be like, oh, but Eve, that's just your opinion. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. That's yeah, why yeah. I'm saying it. Like, I shouldn't need to preface every one of my opinions with, like, a thousand word disclaimer of like, by the way, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying you have to be like this. It's like, yeah, it's my opinion. I wouldn't be saying if it wasn't my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I was speaking from, it's, yeah, it's a mixture of like, there's this kind of like finding um, objectivity in art. 
Yeah. I recently saw someone post on Twitter like a excerpt of an interview with Harry Dean Stanton, and they were talking about Pretty in Pink, and they're like, "In that movie, you played her father. Who, who, which character do you think her her she should have wound up, or if she wound up with a rich guy? Do you think she should have been with her best friend?" And he's like, "I don't give a shit," and he's just <laughs> like, "That's not what art is. Art isn't about like the very surface level. I don't mm. know." wikipedia version of art yeah but, and it's yeah. like if and the thing is if if people are like oh but eve you know like if i'll if i'll say if i'll make my thing about something oh but you know it's subjective it's like well if we have to do this every time we're never going to get to have a conversation about yeah. like an actual conversation about this art if we're all so busy trying to say well i mean that's just my opinion like of course like it's one of those things where it's like also you can't win yeah media no no you know well, I win because my movie has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> I win because 50 people liked my tweet about fucking Hellraiser. Only 23 people like yours. So obviously I've won art. Yeah. Like, I mean, doing English literature, there was just so many people who clearly just wanted like winning. It's like... It's kind of stupid that we grade English literature in a way. I mean, yeah. no, because it's about how to structure an essay. But you're right. you're, you're never gonna like get the number one right answer. Congratulations, right. you did it. Grading the interpretation. Yeah. It's like every so every couple of years, like clockwork on Twitter, there is a debate in like like the classics fandom or whatever where it's like was Sappho a lesbian or was she bisexual and it's and people get so heated about this yeah. and I'm like we will never know Sappho is never gonna come down from on high and say yes you were correct about my sexuality like <laughs> never if it's Sappho never was, gonna happen if Sappho was on Twitter what would she have in her bio <laughs> yeah exactly like, is, she, is she a disaster lesbian or disaster bicon we need to know <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's very, like, it's but also, grim. also like, <laughs> like, does it matter really? Yeah, no. I mean, of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. Like, and when you spend so long, and when you spend so long arguing about something like that, where it's like, it's just splitting. It's completely just splitting hairs. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't actually matter. And I, I often say this about like a lot of like queer discourse. At the end of the day, the people who are getting so angry at each other on Twitter would probably get on fantastically in real life. Yeah. You know? They would be best friends in real life, but just the fact that on Twitter everything has to be this enormous deal. Like, when to about you know, tiny, tiny, like, like, you know, like flags and stuff in the quick. Yes. And it's like, and it's like, God, we're <laughs> friends. We're, 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 we're friends. They used I, to be nice to each other. Right. I was walking down the streets just last weekend, and there's a guy with a cart with, like, a flag cart, you know? He was selling flags. Mm. And there was, that most rec- there was that most recent pride banner, you know, with the triangle now? Yeah. And that was it, was, it was right next to, in fact, it was touching a Blue Lives Matter American flag. And I was like, nothing really <laughs> matters. All our, all our symbologies. This guy's like, I don't give a shit. Whoever buys the flags. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So it's, all, it's all just marketing all the way down, you know? Mm, yeah. I, I was like, why do you want to put your stat sheet? It's all about how 
your stat sheet in your Twitter bio applies, you know? What yeah. Are, what are all your personalities? Please list them down in front of me so I can start making my value judgments of you or something. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we all just need to leave Twitter. Maybe that's the solution. We, I think we do. We, I've been saying this for too long. We need to just get on our own websites again, you know? Yeah. I think I've been liking Twitter recently for just being like, here's a nice beach I went to yesterday. Yeah. Also, I picked Blackberries. Like, that's what I use my Twitter for these days. That's a ideal, it's like micro-blogging, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's just gentle stuff, impersonal, but like yeah. vaguely personal or... It's like, my mom was like, oh, I'll never get Facebook. And then we showed her how to use Facebook. And now she does at least four updates a day, being like, look at my cabbages. I made jam. <laughs> and it's really nice, honestly. Yeah, it's... Social media is a great way to, like, connect with people that you couldn't usually connect with otherwise. Yeah. I think my mom was just like, oh, like, it means that... I think she really didn't connect it with, like, photos yeah. somehow. She was just like, oh, it's like having a photo album that all your friends can look at. I think that's what she found really appealing about it. Your mom has got like such the right idea about how to use Facebook probably. Oh, my mom's Facebook is the nicest place on the internet. It's just, cause she has like, she has a little stall out of her um, front porch where she sells like bread and cake and jam and stuff. Yeah. So she'll just be like, lovely to see everyone at the porch today. I've got a Victoria sponge on and some like raspberry scones. <laughs> And then it'll be like, here's the chickens. And then there'll be a picture of, like, the cat on my dad. Like, it's great. <laughs> it's a very soothing part of yeah. the internet. Yeah, it's, it's how you connect. It's like a little little moment of people just connecting with each other without having to, like... It's it's. But it's, you know what? I think the benefit is, like, it's largely, like, one way, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, like absolutely. like and comment below on what you think about <laughs> my sponge cakes. Yeah, yeah. This is this is why. Um, honestly, I really don't like it when people wish me happy. Well, I do like it. Obviously, I like it. But when yeah. people wish me happy birthday on Facebook, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to like respond to all these people. I wish there was something I could do, which I was just like, thank you, everyone. Yeah. But please, God, don't make me interact with multiple people especially on facebook because i'm never on facebook no i have my facebook is a no man's land now i've disconnected it from every other service it was connected to <laughs> yeah i think the last um, time i used it was some guy messaging me and he's like hey what's up and i was like hey i'm gonna ghost you i hope you enjoy that <laughs> and i, I did um, I, yeah i only use it for, i only use it for messenger these days only yeah. i do i the only people I ever messaged were people who I think were into me who I was not into. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I hate Facebook Messenger. It sucks. <laughs> they made me look at this, yeah. Yeah. But now now it's just like, I'm sure some people who like think about, if you kept up on it, I'm sure it matters. But then I realized, I thought about like, well, if I guess people use it for high school, I just thought about that now. I was like, well, I've been so out of touch with all of my, I believe you call it secondary. Is that secondary? When you're on the older, the last, what's the last school you oh, go to? So um, it is secondary school, but we also call it high school. It's oh, like okay. interchangeable. Ah, yeah. yes. The American cultural <laughs> spill <laughs> is everywhere. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, I, I've I've been out of contact with so many of them for so long that they're basically strangers all at this point. So it's like never need to use it again. I feel like I've yeah. seen one of them occasionally like a Twitter post. I'm like, that's weird. Yeah, it's so weird to me when people who I know in real life find me on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, because I don't I don't mind it at all. But it is like um, I'm like, oh god, don't look don't look at me. Right, I'm such a, especially I'm such like a functionally different person in every func in like every possible way. That's like, well, yeah. I, I'm not gonna go back. I'm never gonna go to a reunion until I have a Wikipedia page so that I can explain. Yeah. Oh, what have you been up to here? Check out my Wikipedia page. <laughs> That's a power move. It, that would be a intense power move. <laughs> I would love I to would... do it. I would love to go to a reunion, I think, because I am such a different person. I think it would be kind of fun. Yeah. Also, I think I care so much less now. I think it would be kind of freeing. Right. I I had, like, I was kind of loosely attached to high school, college, 100% attached. I was a commuter. <laughs> I didn't even go to graduation. I got my I got my diploma in the mail. Nice. You but, were you were doing distance learning before anyone else. Precisely. I was going in. The only thing I remember about college was that I had to give a presentation once. Or like the only thing I really remember about another person I had gone to in college. And I, we did a group presentation about like, I think it was like, if you've seen the movie, um, what's the one? It has an exclamation, The Informant. I think it stars... <laughs> It's like, though, who's his star? Is this star Matt Damon? I can't Probably. Remember. It stars a guy, and there's like a lot of comedy actors. And anyway, it's about like uh, price fixing in the grain industry or something. Mm. And anyway, very sounds, exciting. Sounds thrilling. Very exciting stuff for someone who is. It's a weird movie <laughs> for like the it's subject matter. Good, honestly. It's surprisingly good. <laughs> Um, anyway, weird movie for the subject matter, uh, that the exciting world of being an economics major, uh, oh, nice. but anyway, one of the girls in my, my group mentioned that she had a green jacket from Halloween and, it, and then like f after the class had ended, I'm like, I wonder if that was a Lupin jacket. I wonder if that she went to Halloween as Lupin the third one year, because <laughs> why else would you own a green jacket unless you're like the Jeez. Riddler? And that's all I remember about college, really. The other people in my college. I don't remember what that person looks like. Or <laughs> they wore name. a green jacket, though. Yes, and then and they're like, huh, that's weird. But anyway. <laughs> Eve, what's your last memory? What's, what's your strongest memory of high school? High school? Or oh, my Or your most insignificant memory, perhaps. Um, Let's not get oh, too deep here. Um... Oh gosh, that is, I, I have so many just like tiny, tiny memories. I remember, okay, I remember once, like we had the, we had like a constant supply of baked goods in our school canteen, which was not very healthy, but we could just yeah. always buy like 10 different types of cake. And I remember I I had a, I had like a tray baked fudge and my friend, and also my friend had a satsuma. And because we were stupid, she was like, Eve, can you think you can eat? I wonder if you can eat satsuma peel. I was like, let me give it a go. So, like, I ate some satsuma peel, and it was disgusting. And then afterwards, uh, I was like, 
they were they were like be like Eve, you should eat some proper lunch. And I was like, I've had I've had a proper lunch. And my mum was just like, Eve, you've had a tray bake and a bit of orange peel. And that made me laugh so hard, I like spurted water all out of my nose. That's my that's my strongest memory from high school. Perfect, perfect. And with that, really? with that, Eve, we're gonna take a short break. <laughs> I'm glad to have you back on the show. After I'm not gonna look, but I'm because it's gonna be like it's a long time. It's gonna be like almost six months, and then I'm gonna turn it's, to it's, dust. No, it like I I I did look it up because I was curious, and I was like, oh my word, that is a long time ago. Like, like earlier when you're talking, like Illid was talking about yeah. the game, like, and they were saying like, oh, Indie Apocalypse number nineteen. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're in twelve, which feels to me like it wasn't very long ago, but also was over half a year ago. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh my goodness! Yeah, pretty pretty soon I'll be at like in the halfway mark. Yeah, issues, which is unbelievable. You're, you'll but be in the, it's, it's, the front half. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one of the early ones. I mean, really are like in terms of like, especially in terms of like the the I guess there's like the the focus on indie pop, like the attention it's garnered. Mm. It is you are very like an early adopter. Yeah, I I I. I really liked um the like the did you do like the crossover issue a couple of issues back yes was, i've really, that really enjoyed fun. that one i they make i may make more of those yeah the um the head of Koosh expressed an interest and really enjoyed the the outcome so yeah. that could even That's be wonderful that could even be yearly and i would just like find more people and we just keep making them that would be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to see it. I do look at it, I'm like, oh, Indie Apocalypse. I was a part of that. No, yeah. I see it on my Twitter feed. Still Apocalypse. Still a part of it. That's the important part yeah. is I want to, like people to, like, it's a library. So you go to the library and you, if you're a kid, yeah. you go to the Indie Apocalypse library, you climb onto the couch, you go to the very top <laughs> shelf, you pull out Winter, <laughs> and I'm like, no, you can't play Winter. Put it back. <laughs> play something more gentle. And then I, I'll give them your game, which is not more gentle, but, <laughs> you know. Easy win, easy win. Has less sex stuff, so as, as an adult, it's less apparently <laughs> objectionable to me. Although, but, you know, my game is one of the few where you literally go inside someone, so. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, you could have an eight-year-old that thinks about tapeworms for the rest of their life, <laughs> but. Yeah. I, I very much have the ten-year-old playing uh, reading carry uh, yeah. <laughs> game in in indie book But yeah, yeah I, it is. I, I yearn for those kinds of like, let's get uh, just to get kids into liking weird shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I well, see, this is I'm a huge fan of series unfortunate events. Yeah. And I think the reason I like it is it is just like unapologetically like fucked up, but just for, for kids. I love right. that. Kids um, are smarter than you think, everyone. Yeah. Kids are smarter than you think. And, like, so I did, I, I just finished my playwriting and screenwriting masters, and we had a seminar about writing plays for children. Yeah. And what we were talking about is children want the darkest, most fucked up shit you could imagine. Yeah. Like, that's what they want. They're, like, like, they're like testing their boundaries, and they're just, like, 
uh-huh. embracing their mortality or something. I don't know. I'm so I'm so far removed from being a child to know why teens <laughs> love edgy stuff. <laughs> I just I mean I remember being like six years old and like arg- when I would play with my friends we would like argue about who would get the goriest death scene. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Tumblr hot guy is like Mr. Tumblr's sexy man is the ideal is like is a perfect a case study in what young teens like is like this dude's kind of hot and dangerous yeah and super he kind does super of, dark fucked up stuff yeah like slightly ugly but not really ugly but like a little bit ugly yeah like yeah that that is the that is the Tumblr sexy man blueprint yeah, it's like I, I'm a teen. I'm grappling with mortality, and I'm super horny all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do I? How do I deal with this? Yeah. I make yeah. very slight white men and put them the, in suits. The onceler. They have sharp teeth. Yeah. They all do. Because <laughs> because sharp teeth are sexy. I mean, I'm just gonna put that out there. It's yeah, true. it's it's all Johnny the homicidal maniac. Yeah, I love like. I, I remember there was this anime called Tokyo Mew Mew, which is getting a remake next year, which I'm very excited about, that I was yes. very into when I was 10. For, did, you, did, you, did you ever watch it? No, no, but for what for like half a second, when you said Tokyo Mew Mew, I thought um, Mega Tokyo. No, yeah, no, that, that oh God, Mega Tokyo. That's a blast from the past. Um, I, was, I was like, excuse you? Then I was like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 Tokyo Mew Mew is something different. Tokyo Mew Mew. And Tokyo Mew Mew, so... Uh, the, they have these like aliens who community that have like massive pointy ears and sharp teeth and yeah. like as a 10 year old I was just like really into it I was just like yeah that is teens love the darkness we um, and sometimes you never anyway I, I was gonna go on a break we're gonna actually go on a break this time oh okay we're we oh. not on a break no no we, 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 we were alive oh but god we'll... okay Listen, people need to know about Tumblr sometimes. <laughs> now that R.I.P. Tumblr. Okay, yeah, we're gonna go on a break for real, for real. Great. See you. See you all in two thirty-three. Um, where, where's my transition? Found it. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Spaceman, parenthetical Mister, by Busman's Holiday. We're back with everybody. Hello. Hello. Elude, to the previous segment, what do you think about pointy teeth? About pointy teeth? Well, I guess um, they can be sexy. It's true. Okay, perfect. I I don't know. Um, It depends um, how much pointy they are. I there was, I there's there's a long running, long running. If you if you're familiar with the I guess the extended Bobbins verse in the comic Giant Days, at, at one point like a new artist had taken over like when they did like the the boom serialization and one of the main characters did not have pointy teeth as she usually did in the original, John Allison art and it was like, felt it was integral to her character as a rough and tumble. Like there's an element of pointy teeth, so that's what I think of when I think of pointy teeth. As like a, as like a like a like a frigid, colder character, and 
So really, a frigid, colder character, or like a character who's got not colder, but more like um, he's got more bite to them because that's you bite people with sharp teeth. So edgy is what you're saying. Yes, not ed- yeah. not the same type of edgy. Uh huh. But, but like a real, real fucking rude adult. <laughs> like anything when I draw my little drawings i don't know why but i always draw people with sharp teeth i don't know why um you know when you're just drawing for pleasure of it uh, i'm doing sharp teeth to to people i don't know if it means anything just psychanalyze me (laughs) it's probably zigzags are probably fun (laughs) yeah Oh, I wish we had a ch- see. This is where, you, where it benefits from having a larger chat, so you can do the check-in with the chat to be like, who is who's the most recent Tumblr sexy man? I'm I'm out of touch. Um, I'm actually on Tumblr, but I'm not really on the sexy man side of Tumblr. You're not on the teen and tween section. No, I um, that's actually a good question. Because I feel I, like there's always is it is it still like an Undertale thing? You think, or maybe it's Deltarune? I mean, maybe there'll be a, a resurgence, um, obviously, but I don't... But the thing is, like, honestly, the whole Undertale thing, the fact that for a while Sans was, like, the Tumblr sexy man, it, that ogles my mind. Like... Yeah. Uh... I mean... Wow. That, that is amazing to me. People could look at that little skeleton and be like, "I like that." He's he is very edgy though. He has that glowing uh, eye. He has that hoodie. Yeah, he hoodie. And like he's like, "I'm you ready for a bad time, kids?" He's Undertale. I've never played. Okay, so I haven't played any of the Delta Rune. Uh, maybe I'll just play it when it's all out and finished. But I did. Undertale took like a weird turn where it's like, I really I played it and I really I made it, I can't remember I don't think I kickstarted it but I it was, it was one of the things I meant to but I think at that point I was like too too burned on kickstarting video games you know yeah I was like I don't kickstart video games I don't kickstart comics because when I kickstart a comic I get a comic in three to five months <laughs> when I kickstart a video game I get an apology letter in three to five years. <laughs> I didn't even know Undertale was kickstarted. Yeah. It was like, yeah. it didn't, I mean, that's a perfect example of like things that don't actually, it's like Undertale is like the beautiful example of things that don't actually come out of nowhere, but people think they come out of nowhere because they weren't connected yeah. to the right cultures. Yeah. It's a lot that's of people. Interesting. It's a lot of people who thought, well, Tumblr or Undertale is a overnight success from a lot of people who had never heard of Homestuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. And still will never, oh. never hear about it. I su- he made another yeah. game I didn't know about? I feel like the Huss man has gone real wild lately <laughs> and kind of off the rails. But, I feel like once you've made Homestuck, that must kind of alter the path of your life drastically. Yeah. And even I would thought like, oh, this is... Ne-. I kind of had like my my shonen anime, ma- my shonen manga like life cycle with Homestuck. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. 
And I'm like, oh, this is too long, and I'll see how it ends. In, I'll check mm-hmm. it. I'll check in with it a couple of years later when it ends, and go. Oh, I don't know half of these characters. I don't get what's going it's, on. It's not even like I've never even tried to read it, but every so often I think, oh, I'm curious. I'll try to read the the synopsis. I can't even read that. Yeah, even that is too confusing. It's just like dense and. There's a lot of writing, and I think a lot of it probably doesn't hold up, I'm sure. Mm. But, like, the art looks – it's kind of neat looking, and they did, like, neat flash animations. And it was like this – it was this culture – it feels more like a cultural moment. It feels more like a lost, you know? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like – it was like – oh, it was of the moment, but yeah. someone going back to it now seems like a strange thing for somebody to do. I was I was thinking about that when I was because I played well not recently recently but recently I played Night in the Woods for the first time yeah and I really enjoyed Night in the Woods but I was like wow you can really tell that this game was made in like twenty sixteen seventeen like it screams twenty sixteen seventeen to me <laughs> which and I don't mean that as a bad thing because I really yeah, right. like the game but I think it's actually because I'm of how something can be a total period piece and still be good right like yeah. There was when I when I was watching Hellraiser Eight, it had I was reminded of that genre of music that was like the you know that like non lyrical whatever you call that jung music that just is that guitar. It's like somebody. It's like five steps removed from industrial. It's like we 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 put nine inch nails through a muzak filter eight times and this is what we got <laughs> it's, it's very safe licensed royalty free industrial music yeah i i wonder what trailers look like now because i remember obviously like i feel like mocking movie trailers now you're just like in a world where yeah. dun 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 but like what the, so what do trailers actually look like now are they like that or oh, i don't know because, like, when we watch movies a lot of times, like, especially older movies, we li- I like to watch the trailers yeah. just to get a sense of, like, how do they advertise this movie? And also, they, they, a lot of times they open with, like, the, the exact literal climax of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's very weird. Like, like, oh, no, this is, you just showed me the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. What it's like. No, no, that was the end of my thought. I was just going to say, trailers feel kind of like those things that, like, have kind of become obsolete, but we still do them. Yeah. Like, I feel like they were so designed for playing in the movie theater before the other movie. Right. And, right. like, it's, like, I just feel like they're com- basically completely unnecessary now. Like, like, but we still make them. I think that's kind of interesting. I Wait, I did see a movie in the theaters recently, so I do know what trailers Ooh. are like. Which one? I, they're like Green Knight. Oh, was it good? Ah, uh, yeah, kind of, it was fine. <laughs> oh, Dev, Dev Patel is the new Tumblr sexy man. Okay, that's fine. If, 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 if you wonder which, you know. I've, I I approve of that Tumblr sexy man. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, it was a very, it was very, it's very weird having seen that movie and hearing people talk about that movie. Because mm. it's like, we were, I was talking about it. It's like, it's this new like A24 style, like 
it's like this mid ground between art house and blockbuster, you know. Mm. Where it's, it's like uh, it's it's kind of weird but familiar enough, but it's a little weird. So it's like I guess if you, all you watch is Marvel, it's like high art, but yeah. <laughs> it's also like no. This was rather straightforward. I mean, it was very confusing to see people be like, I don't understand what happened in this movie. Yeah. And I'm like, you I... know, it, <laughs> it feels like someone filmed an Arthurian legend. Like, he wanders through the woods and a bunch of shit happens to him. And then he kind of learns yeah. a lesson at the end. I wonder if I... Because I really love the original poem. I studied the original poem yeah. at university. And I really like it. And I wonder if that would make me like the film more or less... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I heard that they changed the ending, which I'm really not happy, because the ending is really great. The ending is, like, the best part of the original. Um, but, yeah, I, I, hear they, I hear they changed it, which made me sad. I think I read I think it's, like, slightly different. Like oh, well, I hope they don't... I'm, if, if they don't change it completely, that's good. I don't remember. I, I, I never know how people feel about... I See, I am one who's just, like, if, you, if you're going to talk about art, you just spoil it. Who cares? Because you're talking about <laughs> art. Yeah. You, know, you want to be like, excuse me, no spoilers. I don't want to. It's like, <laughs> listen, it's been out for anyway. So movie trailers—they're all the same thing, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're like there's like two there's like two movie trailers. Yeah, uh, there's like blockbuster movie trailer and art house movie trailer. Yeah, yeah, there was blockbuster movie trailer, which is like, where is she? And a bunch of guys <laughs> with guns and blah sounds. <laughs> And then there's Art House, which is, which I guess just means A24. And it was like Scandinavia and the Goat Boy. And that yeah. is like, that, I mean, the movie might be good. I don't know. But like, it felt like a parody of A24 movies where it's like, we're in some Northeastern Europe country and there's some, there's a weird thing. And it's about our family, I guess. Who knows? I just had the best idea. I think people should not make movie trailers. Yeah. Get all the editing people that make movie trailers now and reassign their jobs. So what they do is give every film an, an opening like an anime. Yes. <laughs> that is that is my second um, uh, Shark Tank pitch. Yes. For the, yeah. for the, for the evening. Your Dragon's Den. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm cultured as well. I have frozen. <laughs> Andrew, knowing. I have I, I have frozen British style cod fish and chips in my freezer right now that I'm gonna eat after this show. Hang on. Yeah. Can you, do you get them like in one thing? I, I I'm gonna find out. I think so. So like you open it and there's like fish and chips in the bag? I'm gonna Yeah, f- this it's is a mystery to both of us. Me. They should start selling that in the UK. We'd love that. <laughs> I wonder if I can air fry them, even because that thing is super easy. I don't have to clean anything. Clearly, but you own an air fryer. I do. It's very nice. <laughs> it's the new. It's the new hot cooking trend. I'll learn. We'll learn in a year or two that gives us all cancer. But <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, you just put French fries in it, and it pops out. Char mm. chips. You put chips in it. <laughs> But the thing about it's like there are chips, but there are also French fries. I would say that French fries yeah. are a derivative, of, not a derivative, but like a subgenre of chips. Right, because our chips like, of chip. aren't they thicker? Or aren't it, chips like, typically thick? 
Yeah, like tra a traditional like fish and like a chippy chip, like a fish and chip shop chip would be thick. Yeah, and French fries in my mind, like the default French fries, the shoestring, which is the really thin ones. Yeah, I mean, in my head, French fries is just like what you get at McDonald's. Like that is yeah. the archetypal French fry, and I mean, those are those are good as hell. So. Yeah, I've I've had I had a lot more fast food recently than I had a long time because I get it when I drive sometimes because I'm like ah oh, I'm on the road. <laughs> There's a way station. There's a I'm gonna get some fast food. That that is also like a very distinctly. I there was a a Twitter post that was going around about here's American stuff. Stop acting like people know what American stuff is. And I'm like yeah, that's true. There's a lot of American stuff, and I try to avoid over assuming people know what american stuff is you know yeah so i i mean i think food is like a really interesting one like it's amazing to me that like i know that in america having like tins of beans is not like with everything it's not so much of a thing it was like baked beans as like the cornerstone of british cuisine <laughs> no i i don't even i think i can tolerate them now but for when i was growing up i thought they were gross and mushy I mean, yeah, but that's the that's the beauty of it. <laughs> that was, was like no, they're gross and mushy. I want the beans to snap. Um, yeah, I mean, growing up, I mean, baked beans are just such a child. I mean, yeah. no, that's not true. Plenty of adults like baked beans, but um, I think they're very associated with like children's palates. So I can yeah. hardly eat them because they just remind me of being like little. I we we in the U.S. we do import that Heinz blue can that I can get at my local <laughs> grocer, so I'm wow. familiar with with Brit the British staple of beans, as it were. <laughs> I started it. I before this, I I pre-gamed with mashed potatoes. Oh, nice! I had leftover Chinese food. That was good. I yeah. I that was another thing I've kind of like slowly grown to in life where i didn't really like chinese food very much or a lot of the most of it i don't know what it was i have recently moved to the outer hebrides which is like very far away from anything else and basically the only takeout we have on the island is this endearingly terrible chinese takeaway so I, I have to I have to ask when you say very far away, in, what is the context of very far away to you? Well, so I mean, it, it's not um, for geographically that far away, but basically you can't get to it by road. Okay. Yeah. No, because so you can only get like a ferry or a plane there. In my in my mind, when I think oh, it's very far away, I'm like oh yeah, a few hours. Yeah, so it's like it's like it's like a six hour drive. Yes. Okay, that is indeed very far city. away. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like why right, it's like way up at like the. It's not the top of Scotland, but it's like up in the Highlands, where, like, I think people kind of people talk about like how close you think of the UK to they kind of forget about <laughs> Northern Scotland, where everything is really spread out. Yeah, yeah. There's like, I always just like. I feel I always have a sense of because when we were watching Hellraiser, we we're like, is this supposed to take place in London or is this supposed to take place in like New England? Because they have a very similar vibe to them a lot of times. Not London itself, but more like once you get into like the suburbs and more rural mm. areas. Because, you know, it is in fact New England. And I'm like, ah, it's kind of, you don't, we don't have any weird knobs in the middle of our doors, but it's still these old style houses. Oh, wait, hang on. You don't have doorknobs. 
No, I mean, we oh. have them, but they're on the side. Uh, oh. I know right, there's... I know there's some because I had to explain to a friend fairly recently. He's like, what is that? I'm like, that's a knob. It's a doorknob. He's like, no, it isn't. I'm like, yes, it is. They have them in the middle sometimes. Uh, I've I never met... seen them. What, the middle uh, ones? The middle? Yeah, I've never seen the middle one. Wait, so where are they then? I mean, I, don't, I mean, obviously I see lots of doors with, like, knockers in the middle. I could have. I'm not making this up, am I? There are... Doorknob. I'm, go- I'm googling door with knob in the middle. Google this. I want. Why is okay. no? It seems you're right. I'm, I'm seeing. I'm seeing this, but I've never seen this in real life. Okay, so I wonder what they're for then. Oh, oh, maybe it looks like the in Downing Downing Street has one. Maybe. That's weird. What this one looks like? U.S. as hell. Like this door looks like a, <laughs> a door you would see in the United States. <laughs> I I honestly I love when you see just like a, a a house and you just know instantly where it is. Yeah. Like that's in like England, that's in Scotland. There's something about just like the it's it's one of those like indefinable things. Oh, what's that hole in the doorknob? I know what that is. My house has those. They're <laughs> yeah. like little they're like a weird little locks you stick a pin into. Mm. And I think, because I think we also, in terms of like compared to the rest of the country, at least I have like I went to houses, summer vacations in houses that had like keyholes yeah. for skeleton wow. keys. Wow. And just like, what a what a world! I wish I could be. I wish I could have a skeleton key that works sometimes. I feel like you make them far more ornate than like regular keys just because they're so much bigger by default yeah it would be cool to have like a big fancy key like that would like turn turn in my door when i got home yeah i mean if it's just in my house i could do put put them everywhere like the the keyblade of kingdom arts (laughs) exactly i'm a true keyblade warrior around my house i can be like Every time I open my door, I can be say something from Kingdom Hearts, like, <laughs> "Here I come, Mickey." <laughs> I was I was very into the first and second Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts is very like Hellraiser to me in that someone could tell me anything happened. Yeah. In them, you could be like, "Oh, this happens in Kingdom Hearts," and I'd be like, "Okay." I believe it. Let me tell you something. So, Kingdom Hearts one, it's like there's there's some weird people. There's like there's like some guys. There's an anime villain. There's some some cloud stripes there. There's some Mickey Mouse's there. But then in I... between, there was like this video of people with weird hoods, and you would download like web <laughs> these videos from the internet. Like, there's this three second clip of people in hoods on a beach. What does it mean? <laughs> the the ending shot is like just Mickey Mouse facing the wall, like that last shot in the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> What's now there? That's an untapped. When can we go to the Blair Witch World in Kingdom Hearts? That's like that is another thing where they like expanded the mythology and kept making movies and games of. The original is so good, though. I've never seen it. Oh, it's actually, I mean, oh, I mean, like, 
it's very, very. I feel like it would be in a quiet taste because, like, yeah. it's so much of it is just nothing happening. Like, so much of it is just slightly annoying people in a shop than in the woods arguing with each other. But like, I think it's really good. I really like it. And it's like super early version of like found footage film. Yeah, and it's like I mean. I, I don't know how much of it was improvised, but the dialogue is fantastic. Like, it's it's one of the... People talk about good dialogue, and I feel like people have, like, kind of an idea of what good dialogue is. Like, to me, good dialogue is the Blair Witch Project. Like, it's so good. It's so believable. Like, they genuinely sound like people I know and friends I talk to. Yeah. It's great. Which I think is probably... Also, I do like that part where he stands in the corner. It's a good, good imagery. Yeah. Wow. My closest that I've seen is that there was like a time when like Cartoon Network did like the Scooby-Doo Blair Witch parody, like bumpers between shows. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And like Shaggy standing in the corner. <laughs> it's a very, <laughs> it's a very strange thing. In retrospect, but it's like one of those things where it's like Blair Witch is like this cultural force. And it's like, even if kids aren't watching it, they're like aware of like the major beats, you know? Yeah. And also adults are the people making that thing anyway. So it's like, they're like, what's fun for us to make as an adult who is has to, who has to make these things for this TV studio? But it's like how, I mean, I watched, The Shining is one of my favorite movies, yeah. but I watched The Simpsons version of The Shining so many times and so long before I watched the actual Shining that I already knew it all. Yeah. Like, yeah. sat down to watch it. It's, it's like funny. when I watched 2001 and I was like, oh, these are all these references from The Simpsons. I know all these shots. <laughs> like, yeah, there's movies through, you learn so much about like these iconic movies through cultural osmosis. And I, I wonder how many things are just like learned through like like things where like the original like the source material is like so like divorced from culture but just because somebody grew up watching it so they referenced in tv shows and then we grew and then someone else grew up with those references so they continued to make those references and it's just like continuing on until like the source material is lost forever but people are still like aware of like this romantic comedy from the 1950s how it will change uh, if you continue to repeat the the reference uh, to the reference to the reference and and then go on like that culture can change uh, incredibly yeah just based on the reference yeah exactly it's like well oh i know this this is the reference from this tv show from two years ago it's like no it's a reference from 80 years ago at this point or like these archetypes that have just become archi- like character archetypes and really they start off as like, this is a parody of Orson Welles. But now he's just, it's like, oh no, this is just a character archetype. Like, I think like all those old, like Mary Melodies things, like so many of them are just like weird parodies of stars at the time. Mm. But we don't know, we don't have that like frame of reference anymore. So we're like, that's Daffy Duck. Yeah, just, I'm like, it is weird watching stuff like that and it feels almost like it's speaking in like a language that's kind of been lost. Like, 
and I think you can see that when you do like really, really old stuff. Like, like I feel like a lot of Shakespeare what? is just people say, "Well, I mean, this probably prob- this seems probably a joke, but we don't know what it's joking about." Right. You know. Right. How like how how are you supposed to catch? How are you supposed to know all these references? You know, they're they're the work was preserved, but not like the culture, not all the culture around the work. Yeah. I'm sure so much like, especially like dry humor probably gets lost, especially because it's like, you don't know they're supposed to be dry or sarcastic because you don't have like the culture around it to know what they're like referring to or being sarcastic towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people talk about like how many like dick jokes there are in Shakespeare's work, and there is a lot of dick jokes. But I feel like it's also we maybe because that's the thing that we still find funny. That's the great funny equalizer. Yeah, yeah, was we pick up on that, and everything else goes over our head. There was I saw someone posting the Wikipedia post of that of the very crude Roman poem that I'm not going to repeat the name of here because this is a polite. Show sixteen. What? Carmen's yes, exactly that one. Carmen's sixteen, love it. I. Love with the yeah. alternate title as well <laughs> treat yourself to that one <laughs> <Yeah>. later <laughs> but um yeah listen people are always weird and horny you know i think uh, i've saw, talked about this on this show before but i think history over austerizes or people where they like think they're all very severe and very like they didn't realize that people also had to live Back in BC, people still live 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you know? Yeah. I didn't fill it all with being grim and self-serious and very in aus- austerity, you know? This, this, is, this was always my favorite bit of studying classics. Like, it is, you just find these like little bit, like, this is why Catullus is so fantastic. Like, one of my favorite Catullus poem is him just being like, fuck you for stealing my handkerchief. <laughs> That's it. That is the the plot of the poem, and you know people, people forget that people wrote poems about everything, and they wrote plays about everything, and ah, it's so great. Yeah, the internet did not invent shit posting. Yeah, <laughs> it's existed so long as humanity has. So, so I'm sure somewhere. In a long lost cave mural, someone drew all these sick bison he found, and then someone drew a big dick on one of the bison. <laughs> it was like, ha ha! He's like, dude, you messed up my drawing. What's your problem? Once it was shit poeming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, shit proclaiming. Exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna subbard this guy so hard. Just, uh, just in the in the village square getting ratioed. Exactly. <laughs> Your poem sucks. Chaucer was better, dude. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. It's somebody going into a tavern very bitterly, like, this poem is about me. I know it is. Telling all their friends, like, this is not about me. Just get over yourself. Oh, it is. I can tell. I mean, probably things were even worse because everyone was, you know, like sharing like one pub and everyone knew each other. Yeah, it's yeah, it's increasingly how much everybody knew everybody, and it's like when I was when I was reading, I was doing my Wikipedia research on Hellraiser. It was like a part where it's like the writer Kim Newman had written something inspired by Hellraiser, and he was talking. He's like, oh, he 
we know this because Neil Gaiman had mentioned like all these people just all these old British guys knew each other. Yeah. Like when I was reading like the the supplementary stuff for From Hell, and Alan Moore was just talking about hanging out with basically every per, every British guy who wrote comics in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. It's like oh they all all those guys were just going to the pub together. Yeah. And then the head of Vertical Comics was like, hmm, let's go to that pub and check out these guys and just hear they have good stuff to say. Anyway, R.E.P. Vertigo. What a influential force. <laughs> I, f- what? I forget her name, the woman who was like the head of Vertigo. But Ooh, I don't know anything about comics, so I can't help you. I read a lot. I have another shipment that just came in today. Mm-hmm. It's my, for whatever reason, it's my preferred medium. There's something about like, it's the mixture of pictures. I like to look at them, words, mm-hmm. like to read them. And it's quick that I can quickly read through it. <laughs> Who, knows? Who knows? I mean, I, I finally read Watchmen the other day and oh, a while ago. And I was like, wow, this is really taking advantage of this as like a medium like yeah. it really made me think about how sequential art as a medium is so in such interesting things with it yeah he that alan moore guy thinks about comics thought about comics a lot i think he just makes movies yeah. now <laughs> like he just put out a movie i think oh did he i know he wrote a, did he write a book no I think he probably else. wrote I think a book he just he my impression of him was always like he was a weird wizard with a lizard friend or whatever. <laughs> but reading his things, like reading his From Hell like postmortem, he just seems like a dude, you know? <laughs> it just seems like a chill dude who had like friends. And anyway, anyway. Yeah, I I wanted one day to start like a podcast about comics and I wanted to just like start with Watchmen, like a like a book club, I want you to start with Watchmen because I feel like, especially in American comics, like Spectre is ever present. It mm. still has not gone away. Mm. I mean, if you want, if you want a co-host who knows absolutely about nothing about comics, I'm your girl. Don't tempt me because, like, that's just one more step to like I told alluded earlier. It's like you just say things until they happen. This is how things happen when you just keep saying things until someone offers, like, huh. <laughs> Maybe I should. I should. I think. I think they're an interesting medium. The problem is, there's nobody who talks about them in the way I like. See, I like comics from the from the United States and also Europe and also Japan. And but there's nothing that covers all of those. You know, mm. it feels like that'd be the change you want to see. Exactly. It feels like sometimes even like the people who like oh, it's it's in the worst. Like it's in, like in the U.S. It's people only. Like, we only like superhero comics, even. It's like, I don't even read those. Anyway, comic books. It wouldn't be a show if I didn't talk about them a little. <laughs> I like them. But, um... Anyway, we, we are... For our... Our, um... What's it called? For this show, we're kind of cresting the end, I think. We're hitting an hour and a half, which for two guests is about... I'm trying to cap these at two hours, which would be, with three guests, would be two hours. 
try and keep them into a manageable, listenable state for people who want to listen to them after the fact, you know? Yeah. And not just show up live to listen to people just kind of ramble. Because I, I assume there are... What are my stats? Let me look at my dashboard. It has, um, like, 10. An estimated audience of 10 listeners. Nice. Hello. Hello, 10 listeners. All 10 of them. But I do this for fun, really. This is a thing I do so I can hang out with people and meet people and chat and have people meet one another. Yeah, it's really fun. Try to facilitate. I've, I'm kind of, the more I think about leadership and things like that, I'm like, no, Indiepocalypse is like a tavern. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm the owner of this nice tavern. Nice to meet yeah and i own it and i like so i come in people meet me they go hey what's up i know them they know me but i'm not their leader could you send me a beer <laughs> i i could send you a beer let me no wait i don't think i, I don't think i can send liquids through the post office because they always ask me if there's liquids in it when i send things and i always say no I guess you can, but you have to like bubble wrap it intensely. Send a, a a Paps Blue Ribbon your way. Do you have Paps Blue Ribbon in Italy? I don't think so. I I should check it out. PBR. Purple. What what's what's Italy's trash beer? Trash beer. Yeah. The thing you can get like thirty of for like ten dollars. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, I thought you were asking the beer I don't like because um, uh, I would have said one, but now trash beer. Mm. There are quite a few trash beer, but mm, not so many as you would say. Uh, there are cheap beers that are not so bad, and yeah, you yeah. can well, drink them. Idea. Uh, yeah, you can drink them without mm, great expectations. For example, you have, uh, uh, well, it's quite good. Moretti is a good beer. Uh, for example, then we have Peroni. We have those kind of beers. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard them. Or... No, no, no. I imagine these are the kind of things where you don't import them, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, they're... Uh, probably just stuck here in Italy. I don't know if they are exported in any way anywhere. I feel like each, I feel like each country makes their own thirty rack style of beer, which like, hey, I have twenty dollars. I want to get as many beers as possible. And some guys like, here's a box of fifty beers. Yeah, like, the one I, the one I said are not so bad and not so cheap. Now they are also making some lines, uh, you know, uh, more more expensive series of beers now yeah just to make something different but uh, i should try and search for the <laughs> the worst beer in Italy. make it a true quest to find the i need to i'll add it to the map i'll have to ask add it to the contributor questions of like what's the worst beer in your country the real but see, that, see, that's oh. the, the trick of the two-drink style is that you, like, I think you tend to gravitate towards, I don't know, fuller, harder stuff just because you're like, if I'm going to drink two of these, I want it to taste better. I found, 
Uber's beer in Italy. It's the beer called beer. Ah, nice. I it's a beer in a can with a with it with its name on it and beer and um coin and some stuff dra <laughs> drawn on it and that's it. Oh. And you can buy them for nothing. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Yeah. I was hoping it would just say beer. I was watching clips from Repo Man the other day, and all that's all the products and the stuff are just like white boxes with like blue lettering. I think that just is like cornflakes, beer. <laughs> that's the idea. Yeah. I'll send you the image so you can. Do 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 send it this way. Oh, is is that what this is? Nope, that's a different message in a different Discord. I mute. I've muted like ninety percent of the Discords I'm in just because. I was uh, using my phone. Now I'll search it here. So that's all right. Eve, what's the worst beer you got down there? God, I don't know. Um, I honestly, don't, I honestly have no idea. Maybe Carlsberg. That's that beer. That's a beer. That sounds like um, some. That sounds like something I could buy thirty of for fifty cents. I think we, but like, I mean, honestly, I feel like you would just get like the, the Tesco own brand beer. Okay, you yes. So really cheap. Like, I've, just... been, I, I've been hearing a lot about Tesco lately. <laughs> really? Well, I feel like they've been, people have been making Tesco's in Half-Life or something. Oh, nice, nice. I mean, Tesco's pretty good. Um, I mean, not as good as Aldi or Little, obviously. But Yeah, good. yes, of course I say. Nothing, nothing quite like a Cumberland Farms. <laughs> no, nope. Text. I, I, I'm honestly so jealous of like American groceries. Like, I'm, I would love to go to a Trader Joe's. Like, oh, okay. I see people posting on like shit they got from a Trader Joe's, and I'm like, that looks so good. That's amazing. Like, why can't I have that? Let's, let's, let's go. We turn. Got a little richness for your blood if you go to Trader Joe's. Little... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess the equivalent in Britain is Waitrose, which is like the posh supermarket that yeah. like if you go to waitrose to me you are I, I feel like you're on another planet from me yeah yeah like i i knew people who got like their toilet paper from waitrose and that seems like it's you're th you're get you're throwing that stuff away i know i know i mean i don't i don't, I don't know if there's like an equivalent maybe trader joe's would be the equivalent I, but waitrose is like everything posh i don't usually go there because i don't have any near me I think the last time I was close to a Trader Joe's, there was one in the adjoining hotel when I went to Toronto. And Ooh. I didn't get that much food there because it was expensive. I think I got a yogurt there. Nice. I mean, I just, they seem to have such like strange but wonderful looking like combinations of things. Oh, yeah, they're definitely, I think in some of them you can get beers. Yeah. Liquor laws are also weird in the U.S. in terms of, like, grocery stores, where sometimes people will be like, hey, no, like, I think I, I can have Massachusetts only, like, some groceries per county can have a beer or something. I don't, I don't remember, like. Oh, that is weird. Like, like, the, like, the one near me does not have beer, but the one 20 minutes away, same company and everything, does sell beer. In so. Scotland, you can't buy alcohol after 10 p.m., which has fucked me over many, many a time. I, I assume, like, in a store, but, like, or is it everywhere? Oh, yeah, you can buy it, you can buy it in a pub. You can buy it in okay. a pub, but, you know, you can't buy it from a supermarket after 10 p.m. 
They're like, Because no. we were alcoholics. Well, listen, New England inherited that trait from, <laughs> from its forefathers. I've had people ask me before, like, hey, do you know where there's a liquor store around here? I'm like, drive like two minutes in any direction. <laughs> You'll find one. There's a, you could, there's, a, there's a street where standing you can like stand from one liquor store and see another liquor store. So like liquor stores are just not a thing in the UK, like at all. You have like I mean wine shops with people right. and the like, sell fancy alcohols, but no, uh, it's the, so that's one one like cool American thing that I was. Like, oh yes, it's very cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> very cool to have. Liquor stores literally everywhere. I'm just trying to mentally count the ones, and like I'm like up to like five within like a ten minute drive, which is very short, a very short drive, all things considered. To get a frame of reference to my driving. Anyhow, I was trying to close this, then we just start talking about beer and culture. <laughs> I sent you the image on Discord. <laughs> Perfect. Let me. Wrong Discord. That's that's a good beer. I really straight to the point. Beer. No. Here's beer. Here's a beer. Here's the stuff that makes beer. Here's a picture of a beer. <laughs> here's what you need to know about it. You put it and you drink it. I don't know if I would get it. Not enough skeletons or monks on it personally for my taste. But I like the form factor. Um, anyway, I think, yeah, there's, I, I like these small aspects of culture that like, cause it's, it's so, it's so different. Like there's so many cultural differences, even between like probably like towns across that it's like imperceptible, but which also makes like making sweeping judgments about other cultures a wild maneuver to make because you there's so much like baked in stuff that you'll never understand because it's impossible without someone like oh no you didn't live there for 20 years you just don't know yeah you can like make comparison points but you'll never quite grasp that it's like how you're hanging out with someone else like just you and your friend you're like wow we say a lot of like shit to each other that only makes sense to us Right, right. There's, yeah, there's, right. It's like memes are just in jokes that get ruined immediately, you know? Yes. That's why um, this is Andrew's hot tip for the week. Just start making your own memes with your friends. They're a lot more fun. <laughs> we had a stint of long Goku for a while. And that's all there is to it. And like you, it's like wow. And sometimes I think some of these are funny. Maybe we could, I could post these. But I'm like, no, these are just for us. You don't need not <laughs> not life. Life doesn't have to be content, you know. Mm, yeah. Sometimes you and your friends can just hang out and have a good. People need to learn how what friends are again. I guess. Yeah. I, there are too many posts where it's people like. You ever had such a weird feeling from someone's vibes that you just couldn't understand and someone will be like, you mean you dislike them? <laughs> I love this sort of genre of, of posts. Yeah, and it's like people not understanding how s people who have like TV tropes has warped their brain and they don't know how <laughs> social interactions work anymore. See, like, 
You were so right. TV tropes destroyed a generation. It truly did. There's a there's a post going around recently from Gene Park, who I think writes for the Washington Post, where it's like, it's a picture of Planet of the Apes. Now we're just describing what I see on tw- what I've seen on Twitter, and it's like, I'm sure I can find it. Give me a second. Yeah, it's... I I'm on his Twitter right now, looking for it. Um, I, here it is. And it's like Planet of the Apes, 1968 plot hole. It is never explained how or why the Statue of Liberty was transported from Earth to the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh... Then he's like, film Twitter, be like. And it's like, that is, you, that is, it just, it's this kind of like over-literalization of everything and this like deconstruction and also turning real people into fictional characters that we have to deconstruct and people like, analyzing people's relationships and it's like uh, ugh. Mm. get fr- is it mean to tell people to get friends people I think it's like or not I friends feel, I feel like, like like seek out I think like you're telling you right that like talk about like have conversations that aren't trying to be right about content yeah like Right. I would you can, say. You can, one of the greatest things you can learn is you can experience a piece of art and be like, I did not fully understand that, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh. To be like, well, I, I liked it, or I didn't like it. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. For all, for all the people, for all, as much as people bring up 1984, people seem to forget that double think is a good thing, you know? <laughs> And they have that difficulty, con- con- you know, holding contrary thoughts within their brain. Yeah. yeah absolutely. It, I feel like a lot of a lot of what the internet has done is made people try to kind of fit their lives into like an aesthetic. Yeah. I see a lot. It's like top ten, like yeah. like witchy books for dark academia girls. It's like, oh my lord! I don't know if this is like. I mean, I, I would say that I can't, like, I, I am quite interested in, like, fashion and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like this is not healthy to kind of take, like, a visual, a visual-based aesthetic and try to kind of extend it to areas of a, like, like, the con- like what you read, what you watch, like, how you act. I don't think that's healthy. No, I like a lot of different things. I talked a lot about Hellraiser, but, you know, doesn't mean, like, my identity is a horror, gross horror guy, you know? Yeah. I could very well. So, as we as I try and wrap this up once again, <laughs> perhaps unsuccessfully, I had a thought that I'm going to float by the two of you. Um, so, you are you familiar with Let's Plays? Yeah. Conceptually, I've seen seen a few. Okay. In my so, day. Uh, I, I have two. Uh, so I was watching some Let's Plays, or I was watching some Let's Players. I was watching a lot of Gextra Life lately. I've been like. It's like watching people play video games is kind of like it's it's good background noise when I don't want to listen to music, you know. Mm. Um, but anyway, the point is, I was thinking about let's plays because they were talking about their let's plays, and they're like, and it was it's a it was a charity stream, so they had fans being like with their donation, be like, oh, I loved your Spider-Man let's play, and I started thinking, like, are there definitive let's plays of games? And then I started thinking, are Let's Plays like theater productions? And that's the thought I had. 
Yeah, no, oh, I think, I think about this so much, because I'm always thinking about the relationship between video games and theatre. Yeah. And let's, I genuinely think, let's be sad, because, like, if you think of a finished video game as, like, a script. Right. And when you play it, you are acting that script. Yes. And then, so when you watch a Let's Play, you're basically watching a production of that video game. Yes. You know. You're running through my brain, the exact, you're taking the same path I went through. Yes, it's so true. It's so true. Uh, oh, I'm so glad that, like, I was worried that that was like a, you know how, like, sometimes you, your brain, you think too much, and then people don't know what you're talking about when you say something? No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Say it. I've, there's something there, and I'm surprised. I haven't looked up to see if someone else has thought that thought and already read a long think piece about it. <laughs> Maybe it already exists. Do it. But I think there's there's something there to, like, analyze let's plays as like a work of art because they are kind mm. of like art in a way oh absolutely and i think that i mean it's weird because on I... one hand they're playing the game and that's important but on the other hand interacting with the chat the sort of being because you know often let's plays are like a character yeah often that's like a performance oh, then you'll see stuff like i mean i remember when i was like 11 i really liked these like pokemon let's plays so just people basically like riffing on the game yeah and like it's like taking the game as like raw material and then making it into something else right right i've seen like two or three versions already of people playing through phantasmagoria puzzle of flesh and i'm like i have preferred versions of that you know yeah or, or, like, I'll watch one version of a Let's Play, and then I'll, I'll seek out someone else because I'm like, I want a... I know they'll have a different take on it. And it's mm. like, you know, I want to see... Th I want to see this troop's interpretation of it because I know this have a certain style. Yeah, I want to see this piece of music played by this instrument or this, this orchestra, you know? Yeah, because I know, like, I, I, I know how they choose... They, they tend to interpret work. And I'm like, I want to see how what their interpretation is. Okay. Good. I feel... Maybe some games are more interesting than others because you can make some choices or customize your experience in some ways and then they are also mm, more approachable in this way. Yeah. Because you have to create your own path in the story. So each play is really different their games. No. Yeah, yeah. It's just like right. Each person has like in like it's not. It's like a, a slightly more radical. But I'm sure also there is like if you watch like a lot of let's plays, you will find like, if I watched you know, thirty, fifty, a hundred people play through like Uncharted two, I will like you'll probably start to see the. Like here is the very stock version of Romeo and Juliet that they're all going through. You know. Like there's probably clear beats within the the game that people comment like there are the obvious comments and the obvious reactions that people have. Anyway, this, that's I, f I feel like maybe it's a project for someone ten years from now. Someone is their dissertation. So the same game, the same game doesn't exist for uh, for everyone. Everyone yeah. has its game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I'm drawn to both theatre and video games, because unlike 
a book or an episode of television it's not a finished thing when you sit down to experience it like when you're playing a game you the player make the game in your choices and literally just interacting in the world yeah and when you're watching a piece the actors make make it right in front of you you know Right, right. And, like, there's obviously prep that goes into it, but there's also anything could happen in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, this is... I, I think a lot about the relationship, because I, I have this theory that whenever anyone goes to a theatre, people secretly want things to go wrong. I think that is such a big part of, like, the actual draw yeah. of theatre. You're waiting for someone to forget their lines or fall off the stage. And I think <laughs> there's a similar thing in video games with glitches that don't exist yeah. in, you know, books or mostly and eyeballs just, yeah and it's and it's just this feeling of like it could go wrong i like how how is this it's amazing that this is working you know yeah at any point i could walk a slightly unintended path and oops i'm outside things now or <laughs> so this cutscene is playing properly and it creates a new art in and of itself yeah because yeah Anyway, theater is It very would be cool. interesting to see games that blends the the limit between virtual and reality. Uh, for example, games that ask you to do something in your reality while playing that game. Uh, that would that would be interesting. I had I had an idea recently where it's like so the idea of you know playing a game and making sure you don't go the correct path so you can see every path kind of thing. Mm. And I yeah. thought about like the idea of like, well, if this was like a, a role-playing game, a good game master, every correct, every path is the correct path. And mm. it's just different set dressing, or at least in how I approach it. You know, everyone plays role-playing games differently. But I'm I'm very much of a style where I just like, every path is a correct path and everything moves forward it's not like you know players don't run into a dead end it's like what if a game kind of like even if you're going down multiple paths it always kind of fed out into a correct answer kind of thing mm. the idea of a true end is very i think very interesting yeah and but it, but it's like you can you can all everyone can approach that end differently like have different set dressing and different experience but it's like you know, life's about the journey, not the end, or whatever. That kind of approach. But yeah. I'm so far away from going back to making games now, especially because I have shows to go to now, which takes more time. Maybe I'll just make them in my hotel room when I have nothing else to do. Yes. But it's also, the, I, I lucked out this time in that nobody knew who I was when I went to the show. But that's going to be a very strange experience the first time it happens. <laughs> More people are like, oh, I know, I know. It's this guy. They're going to point at me and be like, what's going on? And they're going to be like, we've spoken for hours on the internet. I'm like, oh, I don't know what your <laughs> face looks like. I had that experience where I talked on the phone to someone who I talked to on the show. And I was like nervous to make a phone call, even though. I've spoken to them for plenty of time. Yeah, that is, it's so weird, like, bridging the gap between internet relationships and, like, real-life relationships. 
Yeah, yeah, because I feel like this is a thing that's going to end eventually. I'm going to hang up. We're all going to go away. We're going to do our separate things. And it's, yeah, it's an increasingly strange thing that I think a lot about, about like, well, well obviously it's natural that over time, interacting with hundreds of different people, I'm going to like some of them more. I'm going to become better friends with some of them, but like not all of them. And, you know, maybe yep. one out of every three issues, like here's a new friend I made. Yeah. But then also it's like balancing that out with like, oh, I, I'm an indie creator who doesn't know who, who wants to become indie apocalypse. So I want to become his friend. So he'll further my career. And I'm like, I, I, I think about that stuff as I'm like even well beyond or like very far away from that stuff. I try to think about that stuff obsessively. And worrying mm-hmm. about not becoming like a shitty guy, you know. It's you won't become a shitty guy. I don't think so. I think it's. Be- I think because I think about it way too much, <laughs> it won't happen. I think I want to be left alone most of the time, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of the shittiest people are like people who love the attention and who then abuse the attention that they get. And I'm like, don't talk to me. Except a, a few people, and when I want to. Anyway, speaking of don't talk to me, we're gonna shut this show down. I found my I found my ex, <laughs> I found my exit point. Pull the plug. Yeah, let's let's jack out, as they say in the Matrix. Get me out of here, <laughs> Morpheus. We're going home. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, People like The Matrix a lot more than I remember people liking The Matrix when those sequels were originally coming out. So I don't know if that's just re reimagining like hype is re warping people's brains or there's like they've been reevaluated over the years or what. Who knows? When I was growing up everyone hated those sequels and thought the first one was very cool. Oh. One of the Wachowskis wrote a Hellraiser comic for Marvel Comics. I forget. I think it was Lana. I don't remember which. Anyhow, that was a weird little thing. A weird little tidbit I learned last night when I was on, or my friend, I actually, I think my friend found that bit on Wikipedia as we studied yep. Hellraiser. He's got a lot of pins uh, in his I'm a spider on my bed. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. They're cool. English spiders are fine, right? They're not like they're cool guys, right? Oh, he's just a little dude. Okay, yeah, that's what I I always have to check because some countries and even some places in the U.S. spiders are bad news. <laughs> but around where I live, spiders are just cool guys who eat the bugs I don't like. I, I want you to be in your room so you eat flies, but don't be on my bed, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see their little droppings. I'm like, got them. <laughs> <laughs> the little like hollowed out cocoons or whatever, I think. That's why there's no bugs in this room because I got all these spiders. <laughs> um. Anyhow, we're closing it down. We got before we close it down. Let's get some plugs. Go over to Plug Town, which is Eve. What have you got to plug? Um, oh my goodness, what what do I have? Uh, I've got my game that was in Indiepocalypse, White Dresses on Branches, that is now free to play on my itch. It's good uh, stuff. If you, uh, yeah, it's 
it's you should go check it out. It, I mean, it didn't take very long to play. Uh, yeah, uh, I like it. I've got my other games uh, that I make, also my itch, just like little short bitsies. Uh, I have an article out in Critical uh, about Yumaniki, which I'm very happy with. I'm going to um, play that game when you see it. You have to, it's my favourite game of all time. I, uh, and you should, read, you, should read my, you should play it, you should read my article. <laughs> it seems like I, I, I read like the snippet that he that Nate had put out, and I was like, this makes me want to play Yumi and Nikki a lot. Cause, like, yeah, it, it's great. There's like definitely the impression, like the... I feel like we could talk forever about how influential Yume Nikki is and like Oh absolutely. Yeah. And how like ninety like but like never like it very rarely trickles out into the mainstream, you know? Yeah. It, what we were talking about earlier about Undertale, Yume yeah. Nikki is genuinely a game that came from nowhere. Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's really, like yeah. Anyway, can we put an article on it? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Before we start, before I, I, I felt my like gear spinning up to start talking about Yume Nikki. So before, I was like, no, no, Andrew, no. And then I, I caught myself. Yume Nikki means dream diary. Yes, I, it does. I learned that as I was learning my kanji. I'm like, oh, I know it. I'm starting to piece together words. <laughs> I saw a post on Twitter and I, I, I instinctively translated that. But I was like, actually, I know what all these words mean now. <laughs> but, um,. It's a slow language to learn, but if I learn it, it means I can go to like Japanese itch or whatever mm. and start like looking for more Yume Nikki's and weird things like that. I think there's a whole subculture of, you know, the Dojin game mm. that yeah. is unexplored in the West or gets very rarely explored. And I think there's room. Also, there, is like a, there is a video game festival in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Kyoto, I think, and it's about uh, it's a bit summit. Oh, bit summit. Oh, bit passage in Chicago in the United States. My mistake. It's a bit summit in uh, Kyoto, and it's about uh, indie Japanese games, uh, less known uh, Japanese games. Uh, it's quite interesting. I don't know if in, in this situation they are hosting that event again, but. Mm, it was something interesting. Yeah. Really. Uh, Ilu, what have you got to plug? To promote? Sorry? What have you got to promote? Oh, okay. Um, well, not a lot <laughs> right now, because I'm working on this little game. Uh, I'm making uh, another narrative little experience about... Um, about past, about stuff like that, and but in, there is my itch.io page, and you can watch what I made. There is a little collection I made um, during the um, uh, the bundle on itch.io. Uh, I don't know if you remember the um, uh, racial justice bundle on itch.io. Yeah, uh, I made um, three. Mm, edition of all my games packed in one <laughs> to contribute the cause and uh, it's called A Fair in Unfair Times and I would promote that, it's free it's on my <laughs> it's on my page and uh, 
for in the apocalypse 19 i would promote uh, non luogo stazione that is the short game the short prequel to non luogo motiva the game that it's also free on my page but non luogo stazione was uh, made exclusively for um, in the apocalypse so yes, go check it out thank hot, you hot exclusives coming in <laughs> so check it out and thank you Thank you, Andrew, and thank you, Eve, for having me here. It was thank a pleasure. You. Thank you for being here. The show does not work if people do not show up. And I like to have people show up and hang out with them. I will say, as I always say, hey, hey, buy Indiepocalypse. It's good. Go to Indiepocalypse.com or Indiepocalypse on Itch. You don't want to, if you want to buy it, but you don't want to have to think about it, just go to the Patreon and Indiepocalypse.com slash Patreon. And you can just subscribe. You get it delivered to you once a month. Um, uh, submit your games. Indiepocalypse.com slash submit. Always taking submissions. Got to get in early. Remember, Indiepocalypse is the cutting edge of indie games. When I was at that convention, people were like, oh, indie games, like Undertale. And I was like, you know, you're not wrong. I, and I was like, the next Toby Fox is, could be any one of these developers. That's my, my trick. There was also a guy who was like, indie games, they're kind of usually kind of unfinished, aren't they? And I was like, buddy, what are you talking about? You got to really like learn to... I, I'm, I'm emerging from quarantine. Like, I was already mildly antagonistic already to some people who were like... I was, I was like when I was making games and people were like, yeah, this could do this. I'm like, yeah, that's just the thing I want to do. So that's fine. Some people don't like everything, but now I'm going to be like, if you're coming like, ah, when are they going to be real games? I'm like, buddy, shit, get a, get a, get a, get out of here. Unless you're going to buy, get out of here. I don't need that attitude. Real games, unfinished. Or if they need to be 60 hours long and it's a generic story, about a guy who shoots a bunch of other guys, that's real art. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, shutting it down. Closing it down. Oop, gotta, oh, I got a... I got, I, got, I got a message. Thank you both for being here again. Thank I'm, you. Thank you. I'm finding my, my, closing, my closing song, which is the same one it always is. <laughs> Goodbye.